All right. Welcome back to the Velocity for Change podcast with your host, me, Adam. And um, just let me say that the, the the listeners that we've been getting over the past few months, thank you so much. Super appreciate it. It's been awesome. It's been fun. Um, just having a just having a good time. I mean, I would do this shit if nobody was listening to it because it's just it's just fun for me to do. So um, super appreciate it. So I got another kind of deep divey episode for this week. I didn't get one last week, unfortunately. Um, so, but I did, I had a topic ready lined up and it's all set to go and going to be doing it solo because some things are more fun to do alone. Okay. So this week's topic is weird diet trends from the past. Um, and <laughs> there's some, there's some good crazy shit here. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it. Starting with one that we probably all heard of before, which is the tapeworm diet okay <laughs> yeah it's exactly what you're thinking it is uh why waste your time planning healthy meals where you can infect your body with ravenous parasites at the turn of the 20th century tapeworms were sold in pill form for diet purposes eat more and lose weight when baby tapeworms grew to 25 feet long inside your body and started causing seizures meningitis or dementia the u.s government outlawed their sale other side effects included cysts on the brain, eyes, and spinal cord. That's a small price to pay to, to, to not actually lose any weight. Because not to mention the fact that diet is overall ineffective. Often what you were buying were placebos. And if you did actually get a tapeworm, well, it's not going to go down. It's not going to down a cheeseburger for you. You know what I mean? Uh, a whole pizza? No, it's not, it's not going to eat that. Um, not to mention that they, all the different health stuff, like you're more likely to lose weight from the illnesses that it's going to cause you. That's, that's, what's going to make you lose the weight, right? You ever see that, uh, that thousand ways to die show? Remember that there was a lady and then she ate, uh, she was eating tapeworm eggs or whatever. And the thing like laid like 10,000 eggs inside of her body and they got into her brain and shit and it just, it killed her. Unfortunate. Um, you don't want that to happen to you. There's way easier ways. Um, you can maybe, uh, you know, every time you're going to eat something, let somebody else eat it instead. That's uh, that probably more beneficial. Just, um, yeah, but yeah, if you, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it, apparently, and it doesn't work. So why bother? <laughs> That's crazy. Cyst on your brain and your eyes. Ugh, gross. It's fucking nasty. Okay, here's one that you, okay, next one. And you probably never heard of this one because I never heard of this one um, unless you've seen Elf. Is it called Elf? Will Ferrell, that movie? Anyway, feeling hungry, pop a cotton ball. There's zero calories and they taste great. If you like the taste of nothing, uh, at least they're bite-sized. Popular in modeling and figure skating industry. They would dip up to five cotton balls in juice or a smoothie, then ingest them in order to get the feeling of being full without actually consuming calories. Can also be considered a form of pica, a rare disorder that makes humans crave and consume inedible foods like, uh, you know, hair or objects or, you know, you seen that? People just eat like stuff that's not food. Um, that they shouldn't crave, but it's like the only thing that they want to eat. You know, they see a a bag of finger clippings and they're like, "Oh fuck yeah, flaming young," um, or you know, a delicious pile of soy. Um, hmm. um, yeah, I think eating soy is a pika disorder. To be honest, okay. There's a lot of danger from doing something like this. Not only are you going to be, you know, having malnutrition, you're also risking causing an obstruction from fibrous material that your body can't break down, which could potentially lead to death. So you eat these things and your body can't even break it down, right? So it comes out the same way they went in. So I guess it's going to be scrubbing on the way through. Um, 
which isn't necessarily good because it's rough in its course. So it'll cause irritations and abrasions can cause infections, all that good stuff. But uh, these, you know, figure skaters and, and models, you know, they have to be so thin, they have to be so tiny that uh, it's, you know, and they're also hungry as shit. So this is what they ended up having to, or, you know, I guess having to do, which is, uh, that's crazy unfortunate. Um, wow. And it just reminds me of that scene from, from Elf where he's just sitting there eating the, eating the cotton balls. And when you're watching him eat them, they look like they're tasty, right? He's enjoying it. I'm sure that if it wouldn't be like, we're all like sitting here laughing at this, but, um, if you're in the, if you were in the industry and you saw somebody like more than one person, at least one person doing this, they're like, yeah, yeah, just dip it in and eat it. No problem. And it made you feel kind of full. It's kind of easier to see how it could how it could happen, you know, how people could be okay with doing something like that. Um, yeah, just wow, wow, wild world, wild world. Okay, oh, <laughs> you know what? Here, the next one is a slimming soap diet, and uh, you don't eat the soap, but they still have this shit. It still exists. It's still being sold today. I went and checked. <laughs> okay, um, but this started in the 1930s, right? Uh, if you if you couldn't melt your fat, you could always wash it away with soap products like Fatono and Fat Off. Scrub hard because they turn out to be hand soaps. Um, yeah, nothing special about them. You know, it's funny that they still sell these soaps and, like I said, a lot of varieties. Um, you could forgive people in the 30s for falling for this almost, but if you're going to loofah off your thunder thighs, uh, you're beyond saving. Um, obviously, it's not going to work, right? I mean, we all understand why you can't just rub the outside of your skin you know, I guess the, the activity of scrubbing, you know, I mean, if you put like a, like a, like a wrap around your wrist, like a, a wrap a weight around there and made the scrubbing motion for like an hour, that would be a pretty good cardio, I suppose. Right. Just do it with a dumbbell or a kettlebell, a kettlebell in your hand and just do it that way. And, uh, you know, eventually it'll, it'll come off. Right. I don't see why it wouldn't. Hmm. <sighs> but yeah, hilarious. Um, it reminds me, was the, the, I guess, like the, what, they got pills too? I'm thinking of things that take off fat without you having to do anything. And I'm thinking of like the, um, oh, I should probably do like a exercise equipment one too, because there's a lot of crazy shit. Oh yeah, we'll do that. That'll be a separate thing we do. But yeah, I know that they definitely have like drinks, shakes, pills, and things like that, that are supposed to just get your body fat off. And um, what I think a lot of these things end up doing is making you shit a lot. And this dehydrates the crap out of you. It's like you have diarrhea. So you're like, oh my God, I lost five pounds, but it's all water weight. You're not, you're not shitting out fat. You know what I mean? Um, probably good if you wanted to take a picture because hydrated bodies don't look good. They look, or, well, I say they don't look good. They look healthy, but they don't look like we think of like a, like a model pick looks, right? If you want to take your like ultra model pick, um, those people are usually going to be like severely dehydrated when they, when they go get those picks done just so that everything looks as tight and, you know, as bulgy as possible. And I think the rule is like they eat a Snickers bar like a half hour before the shoot or something like that. I think the bodybuilders eat like candy right before they go on stage, you know? But they are definitely dehydrating the shit out of themselves before that show. Um, and just taking little sips of water and getting um, electrolytes in and all that stuff. Okay. 
the next one is the cigarette diet. In the 1920s, when people were hungry, they were encouraged to grab a cigarette instead. Uh, doctors prescribed it. Too much food may kill you, but cigarettes will only give you lung cancer. Nicotine does counteract hunger pangs, and it is a stimulant. So it does kind of work, but as mentioned, the side effects are very risky. Um, when they stopped allowing smoking in bars was when I hopped off that train. What's the point? So I used to be a smoker, a cigarette smoker. Um, and, well, I say right here, that was when they stopped allowing in bars. That was a big bummer. Still smoked after that. Uh, but it wasn't until my ex-wife had gotten pregnant that... We both quit smoking. Um, and yeah, they're they're definitely stave off hunger. They definitely like people will um especially if you are on them, then you quit. It's gonna make you want to be putting things in your mouth. Um so eating extra, very common. So if I guess if you're a smoker who's trying to gain weight, just quit smoking. And you'll be able to eat all kinds of shit. <laughs> it's it's the the simplest thing in the world. But uh, yeah, that was that was the thing to do. You know, you get hungry like around ten or whatever. Nah, fuck that. Go outside, have a cigarette, and uh, and poof, you're good. You don't need a snack no more. So, but I think a lot of people knew about that one. All right. So now we have the oh my favorite one, the drinking man's diet. Have a steak and wash it down with a martini. Alcohol is required at every meal and no restrictions on gin and vodka. Those are health drinks. Robert Cameron sold his diet pamphlet in the 1960s, priced at $1. How much is that with inflation? I think it's like $7 million or so. Um, within two years, he'd sold more than 2 million copies. Two, hey, so he made $2 million bucks in 1960. That's really good. So I guess my seven million was an undercut. Uh, Cameron's work is known as the first of low carbohydrate diets, even though the Harvard School of Public Health declared it unhealthful. Uh, now you can buy a Kindle edition for three ninety nine. Wow, it's it costs four times as much to buy it nowadays. Crazy. Seeing a lot of diets involving booze. Not sure what that is. As far as I know, alcohol reacts similar to sugar when it's inside your body. Not to mention overconsumption could definitely affect your ability to perform in all areas. Um, yeah, I don't know what this was. I think this is like the hard liquor stuff. I'm not sure how good the beer was back then, if it was even drinkable or not. Were they still, was it still mead at this point? I mean, no, this is 1960s. They definitely had some good beer back then, so I'm full of shit. But um, yeah, but you always saw like uh, when you were watching like the old movies, they always had vodka, martini, or you know, some they always had some drink all the time. Everybody just drank, they just everyone just drank and smoked. That was like what you did. And uh, they were doing better than we were today, right? I mean, they were doing better then. So can't be too bad for you. But this guy was just like, yeah, you know, fuck these carbs. Uh, you know, have some meat and wash it down with some booze, which is my, that's my kind of diet. That's my kind of diet. I can dig that. The, oh, the sleeping beauty diet. Guess what? You can't eat when you're sleeping. Elvis was a proponent of this weight loss method, encouraging people to sleep through most of the 60s, sedated. <laughs> Imagine having to knock back a trank because you can't stop yourself from eating. Self-induced comatose for beauty is a new one. So also something that would work. Crazy, right? But the so you're just you're knock yourself out for a few days or what, you know, and poof, you're not eating. But I think the other problem with that is the atrophy of not eating. <laughs> um, I think that would be a bigger problem. I mean, I guess if this was back in the 60s that this was happening, I mean, this is Elvis era. 
So I guess having like being muscular wasn't such a big deal back then. They just wanted to be slender. So I guess it could work for th- at that point in time. But risky, super risky, because tranquilizing yourself to sleep could definitely kill you. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try that one. Um, oh, here we go. The vinegar diet. Lord Brian was accused of anorexia and bulimia. But that didn't stop him from popularizing the vinegar diet in the 1820s. His basic idea, drink plenty of vinegar daily, plus one cup of tea and one raw egg. Side effects include vomiting and diarrhea. So here's the great thing about vomiting and diarrhea is you can't hold anything down and it gets everything out of your body. Therefore, it's uh, basically bulimia, <laughs> right? I guess he was accused of anorexia. I wish I could find a picture of this guy. I couldn't find one. Maybe you can. Lord Byron uh, from the 1820s uh, accused of being anorexia bulimic. And I believe it. If he was eating a diet that purposely made him vomit, um, and it's crazy that it's a dude too, right? Like, why would this? Why would this guy care in the 1820s? Being, a th- I mean, I'm sure, you know, the trends are always weird. You know, they've like the ones with the the small feet or the the tiny little waist thing that they used to do. Well, the small feet thing is still is that thing in Asian culture now? I don't fucking know. Um, but I know that just the tiny waist thing and the for the white girls was, and um, yeah, not really so much anymore. Now we like it big, so. Whew. Yeah, cool. All right. Next diet, the Graham diet in 1830. See, we're in the way back now. Sylvester Graham was a Presbyterian minister and early vegetarian who believed people were fat because they had too much sex. Yeah, duh, getting full of cum. Um, although, well, when the, the woman would gain weight, but the guy should lose weight, right? Plus the, the workout. Who knows? Although his diet of abstinence and veggies didn't last long, he's known today as the father of graham crackers. Isn't this familiar to cornflakes and the masturbation thing that uh, Kellogg used to peddle out? Remember that Kellogg? He made the cornflakes to stop kids from masturbating. He thought it'd be, he thought sugar cereal was the reason why we masturbate. Because, you know, you pick up a box of tricks and you can't wait to get home and fuck yourself. Yep. That's how that shit works. Uh, just buy cornflakes instead. Poof. And you're good. Uh, for some reason, there are certain individuals who feel that food is deeply connected with sexual appetite. It's just odd that sex and masturbation is completed with flavor or sugar. Um, and I did my Lucky Charms joke. Yes, really weird. And this isn't the first time. There's also things about this for, you know, we have aph- aphrodisiacs that we eat. Uh, oysters on half shell. Uh, what? Strawberries, um, pomegranates, GHB, you know, things like that. So, I mean, there's definitely some stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Sorry for ah, into the mic. All right. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, super weird. So Kellogg came up with cornflakes, and this dude came up with graham crackers. Right? Because every time you want to fuck your wife, you just have a graham cracker instead, and that's just as good, if not better. So all you single guys out there, get to buying them graham crackers. I recommend Nabisco. Because it's the only brand I can think of off the top of my head. Next one, uh, the Vision Diet. The color blue is supposed to suppress appetite. So if you want to eat less, wear blue glasses everywhere. Just think your life is one long 3D movie. Great strategy until you have to look at anything yellow. Because green is supposed to be the hungry color as far as I know. Yes, that is beyond silly. But also, aren't the blue lenses thing? That's kind of a trend right now because of the, the computers and the screens and everything. 
so people wear the blue. So I guess we could test this by asking those people in the probably the tech fields that use those if what their appetite feels like. Are, are those people losing weight now because they're using the blue the blue light filter? Or wait a minute, is that filtering the blue? Oh shit! I don't know which way that's going. Oh boy. Well, anyway, try it out. Wear some blue tinted glasses, and you know, go through a day. See what happens. Maybe it's a maybe it's a hack. We don't know when this is from. All right. Next. Oh wow! Look at all this. Okay. The chewing diet. Ooh. In 1903, Horace Fletcher became known as the Great Masticator after his stunning 40-pound weight loss. His motivation? Being denied health insurance due to his weight, which was a thing in 1903. I didn't even know they had health insurance back then. Uh, his secret? Chew each bite 32 times and spit out the remains. The diet's motto was so catchy, it's hard to imagine why it didn't gain more popularity. Popularity. I can talk. Occasionally. Nature will castigate those who don't masticate. That was the motto. <laughs> Nature will castigate those who don't masticate. Uh, avoid becoming the laughing stock of the next generation. Stick to whole natural foods and good old-fashioned exercise. This is a thing that still we still have this today. This is from 1903, and I guess it worked for this guy. But I mean, he was also spitting out the food. But there's lots of people that do this pedal this thing today. Today, like we're saying. You know, these are diets from history, but you can see how these things, like, they, they come back. They come back and they pop up again, right? Because I've definitely seen people advocating for this before, to chew slowly and chew it a lot. And it's somehow, like, um, I think that—I'm not sure why—it doesn't say exactly why this guy did it. He had a, a system, but I think the system that people use now is, like, it's 20 minutes for your brain to feel full or something like that. Which seems ridiculous because I can get full in like five minutes if I'm eating heavy um, easily. But I'm also, and I'm a fast eater, okay? And uh, it's not like I have a 20-minute timer before I start feeling full. It just doesn't work that way. Who could eat hard for 20 minutes? You know what I mean? So it's kind of all blah, 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 bunch of bullshit. But all this stuff is. All right. Uh, my next one here was the, oh, yes. Do we have something like this? The arsenic diet. You know what arsenic is? It's not good for you. The idea of eating everything you want and still losing weight has always been a tempting proposition. Just like today, dealing in diet pills and tonics was a lucrative industry in the 19th century. But back in the day, diet pills contained dangerous ingredients like arsenic and strychnine. They were promoted as speeding up the metabolism much like amphetamines do. According to Louise Foxcroft, a historian and author, though the pills only contained small amounts, they were still dangerous, even more so considering that women would take more than the recommended dose in an attempt to slim down. So you'd actually poison your body. Like, you're making yourself sick on purpose, so your body has to work harder to, to upkeep everything, and it makes you lose weight. Plus, you're sick, so you can't eat. So that's cool too, I guess, right? Um, that's the, that's the thing to do. Just make yourself sick somehow. Man, a lot of this stuff kind of feels like it keeps harping back on that. Can you imagine eating poison? Um, as I'm probably half the things in my house are probably technically poisoned to be fair. So, you know, I probably, I don't really can't say anything, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Oof. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's coming back. Um, 
Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is a weird one. Banting early low-carb diet. English carpenter named William Banting had trouble with his weight, a lot of trouble. After trying all sorts of exercise and regimes, he finally found a diet that worked for him, limited to one ounce of toast, lots of protein, and being allowed the fruit of any pudding, but not the pastry. It was basically an early low-carb diet. He published a booklet describing the diet and his success. The weird part... It was so successful that his name became a, ver a verb synonymous with a diet, Pe with people refusing carbohydrates saying, no thanks, I'm banting. In fact, bant is still used to describe dieting in Sweden. Talk about making a name for yourself. Ha 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 ha. I need a laugh track. I'm going to find one soon. Um, yes. So this guy was the, the inventor of the low-carb diet. He figured it out somehow. Um, I don't know how. Figured it out. But he did. An ounce of toast. What does an ounce of toast even look like? Is that a is that a slice? Is it a piece of a slice? Just takes one bite of it. Lots of protein. Mm-hmm. And the fruit of any pudding, but not the pastry. Nah, no breads. I'm just keeping that out of there. I'm banting. Oof, I hope that never happens in my last. I'm guth I'm guthrowing. I'm guthrow. Because his name was banting. I'm guthrow. Nah. No. I don't think I'll have that problem. Let's see. Extreme locale diets. One of the earliest. One of the earliest dieting bestsellers, The Art of Living Long, dates all the way back to 1558. Luigi Cornaro began the diet by limiting his food intake to 400 grams a day. Later, he got even stricter, limiting himself to a single egg. There was a big plus to subscribing to Cornaro's regime. However, he rather dubiously still allowed himself 500 grams of wine as part of the diet, but it may indeed help you live long. If Cornero was anything to go by, he lived up to the ripe age of 98. In 1558, he lived to be 98 years old. That is insane, okay? Uh, people definitely did not live that long back then. It just, it absolutely was not a thing. It wasn't a thing. And there is definitely something to this. There's definitely something to these deficit crazy, these being on your, a deficit your whole ass life type of diets. Um, because this is still, once again, five almost 500 years later, this is still a thing today. And there's definitely still a lot of people who are old, like, you know, people that get to that, that age and healthy um, who are on these deficit diets, right? And they're doing well. There's There's something to that. And this guy just drank as much wine, <laughs> one egg, and just the rest of his calories just came from wine. Jeez, how kick-ass are eggs for nutrition that he was able to do that? It's not like they had supplements back then. Eggs are good for you, I'm telling you. If you're avoiding eggs for some reason, you shouldn't. Because um, they're just, they're a fucking superfood like, like, like anything. Holy shit, they're so good. All right, uh, next one. Superfood banana diet. The public loves a good superfood. True. Looking at you, kale. But before chia, kale, and goji berries, the masses lauded as much more humble fruit. The banana was once considered the most super of foods, in part thanks to John Hopkins' study released in, by Dr. George Harrop in 1934. Back in the 30s, Herbert came to the conclusion after he tested a diet mostly of bananas and skim milk on diabetics who, unsurprisingly, still had diabetes but lost weight. Entered the banana and skim milk diet, which took the country by storm. United Fruit pushed its popularity and people gobbled it up. It's another very weird diet that manages to reemerge every now and then. 
these superfood diets. Bananas and skim milk, that's all you consume all day? Uh, bananas are good, but I think there's a lot of sugar in there too. I'm not sure if it's the best thing for a diabetic to eat. I mean, depending on what they're eating before that. I mean, if they're just eating pies and shit, what the hell were they eating in the 30s? Jesus, I don't know anything about anything. Um, cool. Yeah, superfood diets still been a thing. Except, I mean, this one was like tested by a real doctor. <laughs> I say real doctor. Like, yeah, I, yeah, a lot of the ones that are being tested right now, it's by real doctors. I'm always just weary. I'm oh, I'm worried. Of, I was as worried at that 1934 diet study that they did. I'm as worried as the 2021 <laughs> studies that they do. <laughs> if that makes sense. Then we have the the best diet ever, which is the um the the easiest one to get a hold on, which is the Twinkie diet. And the public loves a good superfood. That's not that's not the Twinkie diet. Did I? Oh my god! I copy pasted. The wrong thing over here. Hmm. Oh, the Twinkie diet. Okay. No, I actually remember this one because this has been done a few times too. There's a professor who was working for, who was having an argument with, uh, with some people about having to eat healthy and organic foods in order to lose weight. Now, you can't lose weight unless you're eating healthy and organic foods. And this guy was like, bullshit. So he ate nothing but Twinkies. For an entire month. Nothing but Twinkies. And lost weight. Yeah. Um, just to prove that it's it's calories thing, right? It's not just about... It's like it can be about what you eat, obviously. But he just counted his caloric intake and he just ate Twinkies. And I think he took like multivitamins or whatever too, if I remember correctly. Because there was also another guy who did this with just... um like food you get at like a 7-Eleven and same thing. I think that dude had a small protein shake and multivitamins every day to counteract the um, junk food. <laughs> so it was actually with the protein shake consuming more. But in this case, it, this dude was just all Twinkies. But yeah, it does not matter. It doesn't matter what you're eating. You need to, if like I always I always see this thing where people will say like you know I like to lose weight, but I can't afford organic food and blah 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 and this type of shit. It's like that's not how it works. That's not how weight loss works at all. You could eat the exact same thing that you're eating now, but just less of it. It's just the amount of food. Um, think about it. If you're or if you've been eating the same diet for roughly, let's say, anywhere from three to six months, okay? And let's say over those three to six months, you've gained five to 10 pounds, okay? That means you're overeating. So to get that back off, what you have to do is go the other way. So you just need to cut your meals. Um, so just eat less at each meal and voila, you lose weight. It's that easy. I mean, there's calculators and everything, but you don't have to... Like you can't, like, uh, you don't have to be like, oh, well, I guess we can't ever have, you know, any of the foods that we make for me and my kids and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like I like to eat spaghetti and meatballs because it's cheap to make for the whole family. And now I got to go buy this organic grass-fed beef and this imported Italian and pasta and this very special tomato organics. No, you don't have to do none of that. You can just do the same thing but less. It's absolutely not necessary. Um you guarantee uh, just it's not necessary nobody nobody eats that stuff um full time there's plenty of 
super athletic and super healthy people that don't eat that stuff. Don't worry about it. Don't fall into that trap. Don't let that be your fitness excuse. All right. So I think that was all the ones we had. So if you could think of any more, um, hit us up, social media, at Velocity for Change, literally everywhere that, that I check. So yeah, have at it. This was a fun one to go look up. And I think I'm going to have to look up the exercise equipment um, next time. I think that's going to have to be a thing. Oh, shit. I forgot. I was going to do video recordings of this, and I forgot to do the video recording for this first fucking episode. I wanted to do one on. Bummer. Bummer. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. That's a thing that's coming. I'm going to do video recordings. I don't know if I'm going to release it to the podcast. I'll probably throw it on YouTube, maybe clips on Instagram, that sort of thing. That way you can see my beautiful, uh, shiny, and sweaty face, you know? Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe I'll wear some lipstick for you and look pretty for you. Who knows? Well, anyway, have a good night. Um, when you're jerking off later, don't grip your dick too hard. It's going to make you lose sensitivity, okay? All right, maintain velocity. Bye.